You're listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small-town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today, we're going to talk about a quote. Chad, what's the quote for today? All right. The quote is by one of our favorites, Bruce Lee. The successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. Now, Chad, you know, my reverence for Bruce Lee might, might get a little over, over my head in this, in this podcast today. I, I think when we think of Bruce Lee, we probably think of intensity, right? Like this laser-focused master of his arts, his crafts. I think we should probably start off this podcast with, you know, with a question about you and your business. And really, it starts with, you know, what things in your business early on did you resolve to be laser-like and intense as you went to market with them? Man, well, you know, I don't think I could ever take as much credit as someone like Bruce Lee has. I don't think that I am as uh, as much of a warrior <laughs> as he is, you know, even with all the focus yeah. that I have. I don't think that's yeah. possible. But yeah, I think at the very beginning, the thing that that was the most important for us was to stay focused on one specific product. You know, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, Drew, but they say that very few businesses die from a lack of opportunity. They generally die from having so much opportunity and a lack of direction. And so I love that. Love that context so much. It's so relevant. uh, It's it's very, very true. And the, the, the further along we've gotten, the more true I find it to be. And, you know, in the very beginning, the only thing that we sold were team posters, no frames, no nothing, team pictures rolled up, shipped out. And, you know, we just stayed focused on it. And there were so many people that would say, well, you should do a smaller size. You should do this, you know, and the smaller size has always been like this, this argument because people say, well, you would sell a lot more if you sold a smaller size. Well, the problem is we'd have to charge a lot less. And so we would have to sell twice as many eight by tens as we do big ones. And we would make less money, even selling twice as many if the, if it was 50% less because the cost of the frames are very similar for an eight by 10 versus the big size that we do today. There's not as much of a difference. And so there's just, there's so many things that for us over the years have, we've had to just really, really, really remain relentlessly focused on the one size, the one product and do it, you know, our goal was just to do it better than anyone else in the world. And so that's, that's really the model we had from day one. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, an early mentor of mine, you know, back, back at a previous advertising agency who really, I think, you know, his biggest fan was Bruce Lee, right? Like anytime he got a chance to quote him, <laughs> he would quote Bruce Lee. So <laughs> if, if you're quoting someone like this daily, then you probably love their ethos and the, the way they think, live and breathe, right? And the character of this person, his name was David. He, he had this laser-like focused and he instilled in me the, it was almost like a, I hired you. So here's a job requirement. You will have a laser-like focus. That's and everything you do. <laughs> yeah. A fantastic boss. And, you know, something and it, it almost to the level of perfectionism, which you, sometimes can have a, a negative connotation. Absolutely. But I, I, I tend to think it's a, 
I, I tend to think there's positive outcomes of having perfectionist qualities, doing things like showing up and being prepared, right? If you're going to show up to a meeting with a, you know, say you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a young American, you've started a business, uh, you know, you've got your first client on the phone. Maybe you should have showed up prepared for that, right? Did your research, have your meeting notes prepared. It was that level of intensity and focus in, in just being intense and laser-like and making sure that you always showed up prepared for every single thing you did. You know, think back to the previous podcast when you think about decisions. Make, I think probably one of the greatest forks in, forks in the road for my life was just the recognition that you just got to show up prepared, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at, look at SEAL Team 6, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they trade, they trade, you know, 100,000 hours to do something that may only be 30 minutes. Yeah. But it's just so much intensity with that moment that arises. Well, you know, it's funny, man. When you talk about being prepared in the very beginning, I think that was probably one of our biggest flaws is we didn't really understand that. And there were times we would show up, you know, and, and not, ha <clears throat> excuse me, not have things that we needed, not have, you know, just stuff like that. Like we just weren't 100% prepared. And it always showed in our results, always. You know, we always realized that whatever we were focused on is what thrived and the things that lacked our energy and effort, it always, you could always see it in the results every single time. And, you know, I think the coolest part about scaling a business is that you get, you can, you, you bring on a team of people and each person gets to apply a laser like focus on one particular part of the business. And then you as a leader your focus and what you are focused on is making sure that everyone around you is focused on their particular part mm -hmm. and they're able to report and do those things. And that's what I think that's when a company really starts to take off is when you have a, a, you know, a great group of people that are laser focused on one specific part of the business. And I mean, you're, you're just amazing at how much, how much improvement happens so fast. Yeah. And I like what you said there, that as the leader, your focus is them, yeah. enabling them to be focused. I've worked at organizations and I've seen, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so good to hear you say that because it really puts a frame around what I've seen in the past. Too much focus on the wrong things was way worse than no focus on the right Absolutely. things. Like, obviously, if you want to be a graphic designer or a photographer, you know, hone your skills of composition and art, but don't go, you know, like, how do you, how do you know what to be laser focused on? Maybe it's a calling, maybe you've been hired at a job. I, I don't know. There, there's a couple of thoughts or questions well, there. I, so it's, it's funny you asked that. So I was, I was working um, here in the last couple of days and we've been really focused on the $20 million marker. Okay. So like reverse engineering the $20 million marker and determining what is it going to take? And really, you know, a lot of it is guessing what it's going to take to get there based on your prior experience. So it's not, it's not like you're a hundred percent sure, but <clears throat> what we, what we've done is we've really assessed what we think can be generated from different parts of the business. Okay. And so we basically operate as if we already do $20 million. Okay. And so you decide like, let's say 50% is going to come from events. 20% is going to come from directors, you know, 20% is going to come from the website and then 10% will come from fundraising, right? Let's just say those are the numbers. 
So if that's the case, if you're looking at $20 million a year, you have to be able to do $175,000 a week. Okay. And so if 50, 50% of that has to come from events, well, now you have to be at, you know, 80, whatever that number is, 87,500 a week. Okay. And so now to do that, you have to determine the number of teams you have to see to make that happen. So whatever that is, then you break that number down by the number of events that you need to have to see that number of teams. And then once you have those number of events, you break it down to the number of people you have to have to take those number of teams at that event and to have the adequate staff to be able to show them and do it right. Okay. And then by having those people, you are now generating X amount of web traffic with your follow-up, which should then generate another, you know, 10 or 20% of those sales. And you're going to do it by this. And then, so what you do after you've built this entire web, you take, okay, now I have this part of the event sales. This is how that's going to happen. So we need to train people on this. And if we train them on this, then they can be faster and more focused. So then we laser in on training. Okay. So then that's how we laser in on our events. Then we, we also look at the expansion of it. Like what cities are we not in? What should we be in? And then we take that. And then when we go to the event or to the web portion of it, we look at, okay, what's the best way we can make sure this stuff is done with, you know, through automation, really with post event emails, pre event emails, uh, holiday emails, birthday emails, things that we can do to offer discounts or other things that, you know, might incentivize or entice someone to, to pull the trigger and make a purchase. And then with fundraising, okay, what, what do we need to do for that? So then we have someone focused on that and they determine that our staff on site, they need training. They determine that we need to have an online budget. They determine that we need this, we need that to achieve the results that we're looking for. And so we really just break this business down into little segments of what we think it will take to achieve the outcome we'd like to see in a couple of years. And then we apply all of this to it and work as hard as we can on perfecting each one of those things. And then my job is to understand what they think it's going to take out of their particular part. And my job is to make sure that they're either A, equipped with the things they need, B, they have the, you know, the support they have, either whether it's mentally, financially, whatever it is, staff-wise, where we can achieve all of these things. And then, you know, really another part of mine is to, to push people harder and farther than they think that they can go. Because, you know, really at the end of the day, a company, you only know you can do what you're doing. Okay. And you, you don't want to operate on a hope of doing something more. What you want to do is take what you're currently doing and duplicate it multiple times. And people know that if we add a new city, this is what's going to happen. And this is how it's going to work because we've already done it. So we want to take what they're good at and just and really expand on that. So I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Imagine someone, you know, I, I would hope that there are other businesses of your weight class, probably larger that aren't doing what you're doing, but that should be doing exactly how you're reverse engineering the path to 20 million. Let's break it down for someone who is just starting their business or they want to start, you know, a little, uh, you know, a, a boutique shop in a, in a downtown and small town America. 20, 20 million is your target, but their target could be 20,000, right? Their target could be paying the bills. Everything you just described in that, in that process sounds more or less exactly what they should be well, doing. Yeah. So let's just say hypothetically, we are starting from nothing. Okay. And I think objective number one, is to identify what it is that you're looking to do. Okay. So you, just some sort of clarity. Like if you're starting, I, I don't know what the business is. I mean, pick one, Drew. What, what do you want to start? So they're starting a, a okay, coffee perfect. shop. So we're going to start a coffee shop. 
So what we would first have to do is ask ourselves, okay, where do we want this coffee shop? What, what would we want to sell? Okay. Um, how much money do we have? And that will determine, you know, what is our ideal location? And then what is a location that we can afford type thing? And then how do we intend on getting the word out? Okay. And so let's say hypothetically that we get, we get some place that we want, whatever. And, you know, we have $5,000 to do the inside. So now instead of, you know, this is being laser focused. So if we're focusing this week on interior design of the thing, then we're going to be looking on Facebook Marketplace and on Craigslist for different items and maybe going to some garage sales or things like that. Flea markets to find the pieces that we have so we can stretch our budget. Then the next thing we're going to focus on is how are we going to get customers? Well, we might not have a marketing budget, but what we can do is make small cups of coffee or pots of coffee and take them to all of the local businesses that are right around us and give them little samples along with, you know, maybe a stack of coupons or let them know that if you, you know, you get a discount because you're within X distance from me, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we open at 4 a.m., whereas everyone else opens at 6 a.m. And we're doing that because we want to get the people that are, you know, the, the early risers and get those people and, you know, just <clears throat> things along those lines. Like you just have to be laser focused on one piece at a time. So if it's marketing, that's what we're focused on. If it's getting getting a space, well, then that's what we're focused on. And that's all that we focus on. We look at our space. We look at all the options. We weigh the prices. We weigh those things. If it's coffee that we're looking at or our menu, well, we want to keep it simple, you know, and you can use the the analogy of Google versus Yahoo as far as a website goes. They both make money on search, but when you go to Yahoo, it's loaded with things to do, but you go to Google, you can only do one thing. And yet Google's probably worth 10 times or more what Yahoo is, right? So we would want to build a focused menu to start out, to keep it simple, Um I mean, really, it's just taking taking what your goal is. What is your goal? What are you looking to start? What are you looking to do? And breaking it down. So, if my if my goal was to sell twenty thousand dollars, in what time frame is that? In a month? Is that in a week? Is that in a year? Six months? Whatever it is. So, if it's in a year, you know, let's do twenty four thousand to make it really easy. Then that's two thousand dollars a month, which is five thousand dollars a week. That's basically twenty five or five hundred dollars a week. Twenty five thousand. So if you're looking to make $500 a week, well, now we break it down by cup of coffee. If we make a profit of a dollar per cup, we need to sell 500 cups of coffee per week. And you break that down. If we're open seven days a week, basically 72 cups of coffee per day that we need to sell, you know, and you just break it all the way down. And then, okay, how are we going to sell 72 cups of coffee a day? And if we're spreading it out over 12 hours, that's six cups of coffee an hour. Okay, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do to sell the six people per hour? And, you know, once we figure out hour number one, we're just going to duplicate it or day number one. You know, I think a lot of things would change probably from the morning rush to the afternoon or whatever. But, yeah, you know, and, and then, I'm, I'm, it's a lot. No. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say I'm floored how you ad libbed basically building a coffee shop <laughs> in, in in like four minutes. Uh, it's real fantastic. Quick, I have to, really I have to add to, something to this because yeah. I'm just thinking about it as we've yeah, already please, started. But please. so let's say you do start and your goal is, you know, is to do that. You might find that you don't sell any cups of coffee after 2 p.m. And so you might find that the best use of your time is from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you might be selling 72 cups of coffee then and you could close earlier and make $1.25 a cup instead of having the extra labor after that. You know, so you, you have to evaluate your results as you move along. So you would do this for 30 days and figure out what are you doing well? What are you not doing well? And then decide what you're not doing well and focus on that. And then you would do fix that for 30 days and then look at the other pieces you're not doing well. And for the next 30 days, 
you focus on, you know, each one of those things for a certain amount of time each day, each week, whatever. And after 12 months, you know, it would be my assumption if you did this, you would have a pretty good coffee shop. I, I think there's, there's a couple of things here. First off, the staggered and intentional intensity applied at the right time at the right thing, right? Like you weren't, you didn't suggest, okay, start thinking about your five-year plan, you know, th- at the same time or before you start thinking about, well, where are you actually going to put this building in the first place? <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's, there's an order of operations to things. More, moreover, looking backwards and seeing, are you actually hitting these targets? And how do you adjust your business? You know, think back to previous podcasts where we've discussed, you know, the, the organic nature, the plant-like characteristics of a business and of a team. You know, are you growing in the right direction? Are you doing exactly what you intended to do? Because I'm sure that you're going to learn something along this path. Something that I, I picked up from this, Chad, was that everything you described seemed laser focused on the objective of we are going to launch a coffee shop and this is our goal. There are some people that I've ran ran into, and it's it, it's just it's just the way it is, right? It's a it's a part of being a human being that it's easy to get distracted by the things that aren't Absolutely. important. And how how do we? I mean, I you know I, I don't know if if I could honestly say I don't suffer from this, or if any human doesn't suffer from this, right? Like how how do you approach staying on focus? with what matters most and just walking away from those things that don't, don't mean anything in the end of the day. And I think that's a really good, that's probably the million dollar question. You know, I think that's probably the, the <laughs> question that so many people fail at because it's very easy to get distracted in today's world. But for me personally, I think it just comes from self-improvement and you're evaluating yourself the same way you're building a company. So if you, if you constantly get off track and lose focus, well, that has to be the area of yourself that you're focusing on, on fixing over the next 30 days and making sure that when you sit down, you know, and there are lots of, I mean, there's, there's tons of apps out there that you can do that limit your internet search or limit the pages that are accessible and things like this, you know, and that warn you of screen time on your phone. And yeah, you know, there's so many things you can do, but at the end of the day, it just takes discipline and, you know, having the self-discipline to do it. I mean, to be a, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a self-starter. You can't wait for someone else to tell you what needs to be done. You have to create what needs to be done. And to do that, you have to look at an outcome that you'd like to see, and you have to reverse engineer from that outcome to try to determine the the path of least resistance. And I think if you can do that and you can make that a habit, it just becomes second nature. You know, for me, I think I tell people often when we talk about the negatives of being an entrepreneur, I think the, the number one negative to being an entrepreneur is that you're only focused on what's wrong. Because when things are good, you're not worried about those things. You're only worried about improving the things that aren't. And so there's this, this constant, you know, I, I try really hard and it's not, I'm not perfect at this, but I try really hard to look back and appreciate the hurdles that we've overcome and the milestones that we've accomplished. But at the same time, making that short lived and not patting yourself, you know, not patting yourself on the back too hard, looking at, at the road ahead and saying, OK, well, you know, hey, this year you do five million. OK, next year you want to do 10 million. Well, you have to double everything. And so it's a lot easier to double things when you're doing 20 grand. It's a lot harder to double things when you're doing five million. Right. Because <laughs> if you, you think about it, to, yeah. do, to do 20 grand. Well, at a coffee shop, you might need yeah. one. 
Okay, so if you're if you're trying to do twelve, well, let, let's just use the the, the number a hundred grand. Let's just use this, right? So if we can do a hundred thousand at one coffee shop in one year, to do one million, we need ten. But to do two million, we need twenty. Okay, and one coffee shop is really easy. You know, getting ten coffee shops is really hard. And then when you get ten, now everything that you've done to get those ten, you have to duplicate again. And then once you get to twenty. At two million to get to four million, you have to double again. Okay. And I mean, look, there are things along the way you could add additional items to the menu or pick up little extra incomes along the way. But the, the principle here is that it gets harder as it gets bigger to scale. It's easier to do it because you know how and you understand it a little more. And so, obviously, doing 20 coffee shops, I'm not going to do it myself. At this point, I'm going to say, okay, here's what I'm looking for. And along the way, you know, hopefully I've documented the process of how did I find this coffee shop? And when I'm going to my new area, what, what am I looking for first, right? What, what are the things I'm looking for? How's the downtown business district? Is there, you know, somewhere I might want to be where I found that business customers are my best customers? Or maybe it's near a school where when moms drop their kids off, then they're picking up coffee from me and I take whichever one works and this will narrow my search in my next city. And then hopefully what I could do is have a team of people that worked on each one of those. So if your goal was to find the spot in a city, well, we give you a list of 20 cities. You start at the top. So, okay, Minneapolis, you found the spot. Here it is. Now, next is the interior team, right? So Drew has moved on to Dallas. And then from Dallas, he goes to LA. And from LA, he goes to San Francisco. And everyone follows. Like, you are the leader, and then you find the spot. Then our, our interior team comes in. Then beyond the interior team, our marketing team comes in. Then our menu team comes yeah. in. And then, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's no, pretty that's, much how that, we would do it. That's all fantastic. The... No, it's, it's it uh, you know, not overwhelming for me. I imagine someone driving in their car right now on the, on the way to class is probably their mind has been blown <laughs> with, with, yeah, okay. with, the, with the pragmatic <laughs> nature of, you know, like, you know, going back to the original question, you know, it's, it's not just staying laser focused. It's being laser focused on the right things. It sounds like, you know, even that, even that, in that quick example, you have to be focused on the right things. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with, and I'm, you know, would hope that many of our listeners are familiar with uh, Seth Godin and his blog. Chad, was it you that told me the the parable of shaving the yak? No, have you ever heard of that? No, it's it's a it's a fun no. story, right? So it and it's so relevant to this. It really, and I'll summarize it, you know, into a couple of sentences. But basically, you know, imagine that you need to you need to write a research paper. So you look down and you realize your pencil's broken. So you go to Walmart or your grocery store to buy a new pencil. But on the way to the grocery store, you're at a gas. So you have to go to the gas station. On the way to the gas station, you see tickets to the zoo and you really want those. And you need to decide between, do I pay for the tickets or do I pay for the new pencil? And then by the end of the time, it to, you believed the story that to, to get to writing your research paper, you needed to go shave a yak because it was on the way to doing it. And it's a fun, and I, we'll, we'll drop a link to this down in the YouTube video, but it's a fun parable about being laser focused and just doing, you know, using the means and the things you have, at, have available. You know, I was, I was nodding vigorously over here when you said, you know, this hypothetical coffee shop, you said, you know, get on Facebook marketplace, go to a local garage sale. You didn't say we have to build a coffee shop that has you know, $30,000 worth of interior design and decorating. 
right? Because you were laser focused on let's be profitable as fast as we can to sustain this business. I think that's the ultimate goal. Anytime you're building a business, I think for so many people, it's probably important to hear. And people are probably going to think this is uh, like a duh moment, but the real key to building a company is to making, is to getting it to where it can stand on its own two feet without any outside capital as fast as possible. And I think for me, that's been something that I try really hard to stay focused on because when you focus on, on those particular or on that particular task, you're operating from a different mindset. Your goal is to build a company that has X number of, you know, whatever it is, okay, whatever this thing is we're looking for, we have X number of expenses and X number of capital that we need. And so the more, if we have to take on outside capital, the more that we do that, we're diluting the earnings. So the more we have to have from the outside means the more we have to do from the company to be able to stand on our own, because we're going to have to pay out portions of the profit, which will hurt in growing. So for me, it's always like, how fast can we get our money back? I think that is like always the number one question. How long before we can start generating money that will at least cover the day-to-day operations? And if it costs us $100 a day to operate, you know, that that's obviously a super conservative number. I don't think it's even possible. I mean, you'd have to have, let's see what, it'd be $1,000 rent per month and then $2,000 in labor. I mean, it'd be really tough. But anyhow, you have, if, if that's the thing, you have to figure out what's the fastest way I can get to making $100 profit every single day. And then uh, obviously you'd like to make 150. So after a couple of months, you have a month or two worth of extra income there that you can, you know, it gives you a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good, really good point. What, you know, to, to bring this back to, to the masterful Bruce Lee and his quote of, you know, like what stands out to me is the successful warrior is the average man. And I think to me, and this may be a little philosophical, it, it is that by virtue of doing things like being laser focused, you become a warrior. It isn't, you know, like you're not born with, with you know, a, a, t- a suit on and, you know, some people are obviously born with a silver spoon in their mouth, but, you know, we all, we're all born and we all go through this journey of living and learning these life lessons. And I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of, of very, you know, think back to the last episode where we talked about our circumstances, the average person given their circumstance, if they are anything, as long as they are laser focused on whatever they're doing, they will inevitably be the best at it. And they don't get distracted by the things that don't matter. Whether you're, you're, Starting an online e-commerce store, you're scaling from ten to twenty million, or you're trying to build, you know, grow your coffee shop to its first twenty k. You know, like the average person can yeah. do it. There's there's no singular special person out there who was just born with the output of what laser like focus might give them. You know, I I could not <laughs> agree more. <laughs> I mean, it really is like. It's it's amazing when you're when you're trying to be focused. I mean, just look at a few company examples, okay? So let's let's take Google for example. Everyone knows that Google is known for search, right? But think of all the other products that they've attempted that didn't succeed like, like search. Because their laser like focus to this day is search because that is how they pay for all of these other things and things that they try. But I mean, we all know Google has tried a million different things that didn't succeed or they like, you know, you think 
Apple is, you know, they've obviously lasered in on the iPhone. Well, Google sells, I think Google sells the Android. Is that correct? Okay, so Google sells the Android, which is a popular phone, but it's a, a fraction of the iPhone, a fraction. But yet, you know, look at Microsoft, how successful they were selling software. They tried to create Bing, which is a fraction of what Google is. So it, just because you throw money at it and have money doesn't create inevitable success. It's what are you focused on? It, you know, is Microsoft, are they going all in on search? Absolutely not. They're focused on AI and, and software. That's where they're all in on. Okay. Whereas Google's all in on search. They know that that is their core business. And the majority of the other yeah. parts of their business lose money. I, <clears throat> do you recall JCPenney? It was a couple of years ago and they tried to do oh, a shifting yeah, strategy, you know, going from, you know, a cost saving brand to a premium product brand. And I think it, an SEO got cut from that. Right. Um, even looking at, and I'm talking about what, what may happen if there is a lack of fit focus at the organizational level, but then also what was it, you know, we'll, we'll put this in the record, you know, Boeing's CEO was replaced a uh, goodness. It was a, you know, a few days ago, a few weeks ago, you know, like I imagine that those companies suffered from a, a lack of focus on the things that were important, right? Like an, a recognition of who their consumer base was a recognition of safety requirements and best practices you know like if i i imagine there's a there's a line we can draw between failure and a lack of focus yeah i think there's a (laughs) a nice correlation (laughs) there you know again it goes back to what i said in the very beginning that very few companies fail for a lack of opportunity most of them fail because the opportunities are so great and they they lack focus that's really what it all comes down to. And that really just, you know, kind of piggybacks off what Bruce Lee said. You know, you can take an average person, but if he focuses on something specifically, he will become a warrior if he has laser focus. And that's what is so, it's so fun about being in business is you just have to figure out what is it that you really want to focus on? Yeah. What do you enjoy? You know, and, and I think that's why entrepreneurship is so fun and so rewarding. If you're doing it right, it's really rewarding because you're focusing on some of the best things that you can, you know, and some of the most fun things that you can imagine. And you get a chance to focus on those things all day, every day, because that's the problem that you chose to focus right, on. Like solving, solving for electricity or you know. <laughs> resolving to, to launch a car company, you know, uh, Henry Ford and realizing that to scale that you needed production yeah. methodologies that had previously never existed, right? You just, you solved your way to a, 100 year old company. Well, something I, I want to say, Drew, that this is like a maybe it's a side note is that um, when companies, when people get started, and I'm going to use, I read this article about doctors a long time ago. And so a lot of doctors create their own practice and they fail because what they don't realize is that it's, it's not about being a doctor, it's about running a business. Okay, and so when they create these practices, they end up in lots of money uh, issues or whatever because they weren't they don't know how to bill insurance companies. They don't know how to keep track of expenses there. They didn't realize what they were actually asking for. Okay, and what they're wanting to focus on is being a doctor. 
But when you run a company, what you have to focus on is running a company, right? And when you do that, there are all of the things that you have to focus on. You have to be laser focused on the company. You know, it can't just be the product. We have to make sure that we understand what it costs to operate all of those things. And there's a difference in having a specialized skill versus building a company. I, I... I'm thinking. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, when I read it, it was just about how many how many doctors were in financial turmoil because of their lack of business experience. And it's like sure. they none none of the the education, I guess at the time, I don't remember how old this is, but at the time, none of the education you get when you're in med school is about how to run a business because their laser focus is on well, it depends on what they do. Are they surgeons? Are they, you know, just a general practitioner? What are they, right? A family doctor. But they're just teaching them and they're focused on diagnosing illnesses and making sure yeah. that they recognize symptoms, but yeah, they're not that, teaching them how to run the yeah, company that, itself. Yeah, that is great insight. And, and I almost so, wonder just, now, like, I let's go back to the insight. coffee shop analogy. Does, is there a step one? You know, like I, I imagine the blog post that will accompany this will definitely have a whole section about how to stuff it, start a coffee shop from Chad's perspective. Does does step does step zero or step one include something like recognizing <laughs> oh, that man. at some point you will need to be laser focused on some of the things that aren't related to loving coffee, right? Like maybe you chose coffee because you just you love it. You want to be surrounded by it. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for hiring, firing and paying electric bills. Well, I think that's part of it. I think that that's the whole key is, you know, when I said, what is it that you're looking for? Okay. And so when you start out, that's the question you have to answer first. Like what, what is the success to you three months from today, six months from today, one year from now, what is, what does success look like from this particular idea? You know, is it breaking even? Is it making a $10,000 profit? I, it depends on who you are. Okay. But whenever you assess that and you decide what that means, now you have to reverse engineer it and look at what it's going to take. I mean, absolutely. Look, if we have 20 coffee shops, we have to have 20 managers. We have to have 20 people, you know, working under them. I don't know how many people work in this coffee shop. It all depends on what we're trying to accomplish. You know, at a Starbucks, there might be, I don't know, I really never go to Starbucks, six or seven, you know, but then you have Dunkin' Donuts who they might have the same number of people and they have food as well. You know, I, I don't really know. It really just depends. But at the same time, you have to realize these are all pieces of running a company. You know, marketing is one of them. Hiring is one of them. Uh, finding the space is one of them. Interior design is one of them. And unless you have a, a lot of money and you're going to be doing all this on your own, you're going to have to have the time to focus on each one uninterrupted. You can't try and do them all at one time. I think the solution, the solution, Drew, is this. If, you're, if you have a goal of building a company, you find what, what can be the most profitable and that's what you do. And then you hire a manager that has a love for coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. that's probably. I love it. <laughs> Just make one, one definite walk away from this conversation that we've invited people to join today, which is that the average person can be amazingly successful with being laser focused. And we want to do things in life that we love doing. So I've, I've found this very good, there's a very good feeling from showing up prepared. Like that's my laser focus promise to myself. And it feels very good because it's unbreakable. And in doing that, 
my my takeaway from this is if you're going to do something love it to death and be passionate about being laser focused and it'll make the experience as rewarding as the outcome absolutely i think my laser focus is you know 20 million i think that's uh you know a nice accomplishment i think it would you know it would show that we've you, you can do you can do 500 grand working really hard. You can't do 20 million working hard. You have to do 20 million with a system and, you know, a lot, lots of people. It's really difficult to do. And for me, I think that's what makes the challenge so fun. And it's a, you know, whenever I'm building out my to do list, it's a massive puzzle that has a lot of, you know, a, a big web that has a lot of crossover in it. And you're trying to delegate, identify, follow up, and Amazing. you know along the way, continue improving yourself. Well, and, all right. So uh, next week actually is a it's a fun quote for us. I think it'll be a fun podcast for us. But it's an anonymous quote, and it says, "Do one thing every day that scares you." This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast, brought to you by UTProducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book. 